Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Thank you, Father. You are the way maker. That is who you are. Would you remain standing for the word this morning? Matthew 25, starting verse 14 says, Again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and gave them his property. So also he gave one with one bag of gold. And he told him to take that money and to put it to work. And to another, two bags that he might gain more. But the man who had received the one bag, he went off and he dug a hole and he put his master's money in the ground. And after a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought another five and he said, Master, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had the two bags of gold also came and he said, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold and see, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had just that one bag of gold came to the master and he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more And they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even that which they have will be taken from them. Father God, we come to you this morning with open hearts and open minds to receive from you. Lord, we come to you because of your faithfulness. Lord, we want to be taught today what it means to be faithful. With our relationships, with our friends, with the stuff with our finances. Lord, we know it's all yours, but would you show us today in a mighty way how to use it for your kingdom, that you might be glorified, that you would continue to bless this community so that we can be a blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, this is your stage. This is your floor. Lord, have your way today. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's give God some praise for these guys. Come on. You may be seated. 
And don't get too comfortable. Turn to at least one person and tell them how good looking they are. Some of you traveled from all around the world to be here. Kyle, I'm talking to you. All the way from Louisiana. Man, praise God. Such a blessing to have your friends in the house of the Lord. And you know what? You're our friends now too. As a church, we say we don't want to just be a church that makes friends. We want to be a, a church that becomes family. Yes, I got one whooping over that. That's good. Praise God. That must be a family member. Well, I'm really honored and privileged today. Uh, you know it is, it is our job in the ministry to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And we're proud to be a part of College Street. Yes, we have internship classes and, and, and we have all these cool groups that meet, even bikers that get together and ride for Jesus. But we're, ta- we're, we're taught to release people in the fivefold giftings. And, and we have a lot of teachers in the house that the Lord has blessed us with. And you're going to hear from three incredible teachers this morning. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, would you please put your hands together for Coach Rodney, Coach Sonia, and Pastor Rudy. Come on, let's give them honor. So in this series, Holy Health, yes, we talked about the first F, which is our faith. It is the foundation of everything that we build. And you can't just move on to the next F and forget about the first one. It's tied into everything. What you think you can or, or will not do will be a product of what you believe. What you believe is who you will become. Are you with me? And so we talked about the importance of faith, and then, and then we talked about the importance of fitness, and everybody that didn't have a gym membership went out to Fit for Change <laughs> and got one. Praise God. Or wherever else you went. Or you started walking, or you started jogging, or just eating healthier and eating right. But we realized we don't want to give our community, this church, and most importantly, our family, our scraps. We want them to have the best version of us, Right? I still got to be able to wrestle all five kids and be the champ. I'm the champ, okay? And I want to give my wife the best version of me too. She's around here somewhere. But uh, then, we, then we talked about, so we had faith, we did fitness, and then family. Wasn't that fun? Man, that was good. I hope you loved a little bit more this last week, that you maybe shifted some things around and prioritized your family, maybe date night or maybe family night, or whatever that looked like. But today we're going to talk about finances. Yes, God wants you to have stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff to have you. But get ready, ladies and gentlemen, for the Word of God. Come on, let's give it up for Coach Rodney. Well, thanks for warming up everybody for me. All right, so if we're all ready, we're going to look at Matthew 25, 14, 15, and it says here, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents. Say five. And to another, two. Say two. And to another, one. Oh, I like it. To each according to his own abilities, And immediately he went out on a journey. So the point that I'm going to start off with is you have to start small. See, each and every day God wants to give you something. He wants to bless you with something that is massive. For some of us, our calling in life is to start a business. 
a worldwide business. Why stop there? But first, he's going to give you the seed to start. And with patience, hard work, and with God up on top, you will be successful. Now, for me, I grew up in the construction industry, hanging out on job sites since I was five years old with my dad. But I know two people. They started small, now they have big names in the construction industry. But when they started out, they were given small jobs with big dreams. They both started sweeping up houses on job sites after school. Now, I don't know about you, but nobody likes to sweep for hours at a time. And if you're like me, I'm allergic to dust, you know? But you know what? It's okay. I can't have eggs or dairy either. But like with a fart, you either walk away or you fight through. So check this out. I'm glad you like that. You got to start something with that special something that God gave you. Now, some of these trades will poke fun at these individuals starting out, making fun of them, saying they're not going to get anywhere in life. But that also happens to us when we get that light bulb idea that can only come from God, right? Now, when you start sweeping, you're able to make a small amount of money. Now, what can you do with only a small amount of money? In this context, your first financial decision is to buy a better broom. Better than the one your old Uncle Albert gave you. It's all wrapped up in duct tape and it's splitting everywhere. It doesn't even look like a broom anymore. So... You buy a nice new broom. And nowadays when you buy a new broom, what does it come with? There you go. See, there you go. Now you can work better, faster, because you can clean up that dust, and you just throw it in the trash as fast as you can. But there's another thing that comes after that. You collect sooner. So for so many of us, making financial decisions comes with making investments. But in the context of business and finances, we have to know where to invest. If we don't know what to invest in, and we don't do the research, we can crash before we get anywhere. So again, we have to start small before we can go big. The Bible says to be faithful with little before faithful with much. Now remember, a big wheel turns slowly. But once it gets going, once it has that momentum, excuse me, that momentum, no one can stop it. When God gives us our talents with finance, he wants us to not only make something for ourselves and be successful. He wants us to be significant to others by not showing others what we can do with our talents but it is what we can do for others with the blessing of our talents. Thank you. Thank you. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, 
and hid his master's money. I want to lead with my point. There's always a risk in investing in something. The first two men risked putting their money to work, but gained generously. The third man was comfortable in his complacency and felt confident in his decision to hide what he had been given. Have you ever heard the expression going Dutch or the stereotype that Dutch people are cheap or thrifty? (laughs) Well, to be honest with you guys, I was and still sometimes am one of those Dutchies. I was always scared to see my money leave my bank account. I was that third man in the parable who dug his money um, as I didn't want to take the risk of losing it. I always saw it as my money, not the kingdom's money, so why would I ever share it? Even though I grew up in the church, I never fully understood the concept of tithing or giving your first fruits to God. At the time, I went to a church of 800 to 1,000 people, so I believed financially that they were doing just fine without my extra 10%. What I didn't realize was that investing back into your church, whether it be through your time or your money, you will be blessed immeasurably more, double, even triple what you ended up giving. I know, so for both Rodney and I, um, Rodney and I have been married for a little over two years. I know for both Rodney and I, we didn't take tithing seriously until we were in our 20s. Now we have this incredible opportunity to serve and lead within this church. And we really wanted to make sure that we led by example and that we gave. And not just tithe, but give abundantly. And looking back, I really wish I had understood the blessings that would follow sooner. Um, I know with the past year, a lot of people have had financial struggles. And with Rodney and I, we had unexpected expenses that did come up. Um, we had something where we had to pull from savings. And me being me, I absolutely despise the idea. Um, but we had to. So we pulled the money to pay for this expense. And I kid you not... Not even a week after, I received a check in the mail for that ICBC rebate, and it ended up being the exact same amount from the expense that we had to give away. So, I mean, talk about being blessed. So, when you read further into this parable, you see that those who have been proven faithful with what they have are rewarded. And, but those who've done nothing with what they were given, they ended up losing absolutely everything. So Ronnie and I learned that by, be, by choosing to be faithful and investing our first fruits to God, we were rewarded generously. So to kind of tie it all up, um, there's always, you'll see that there is always a risk in investing in something. But if you invest into the kingdom and invest your very best fruits back into the kingdom, there certainly will be a reward. Wow, so good. <clears throat> Excuse me. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Verse 21 says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then verse 29 says, For whoever has will be given more, and they will have in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. Doesn't sound fair, does it? But it's not about fairness. It's about faithfulness. Verse 19 says this, After a long time, long time, 
the master of those servants, returned and settled accounts with them. So the first thing that stood out to me here was that the servants were all given an ample amount of time. In fact, they were all given the same amount of time. The talents look different, but the time was exactly the same. So the size of the talent is a lot less relevant here than what the servants did with the talent in the time that was given to them. So the one thing we should be asking ourselves daily is, what am I doing with my talents in the time God is giving me today? When we discover the value of time in our lives, it makes it a lot more difficult to waste time away. If you know what I mean? (laughs) And at the end of our life, we're all going to have to stand before God and give an account of what we did with the time that he gave us. And I want to stand before God one day and hear what that first servant heard. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. We talked about this in the men's group this morning. And he's talking to to the first servant here. And he had five talents. And if you do the math, one talent is worth 20 years worth of wages. Times that by five. And he says, that's a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. So just puts into perspective what God really wants for our lives. So well done and good, well done, good and faithful servant. So Pastor Matt and I were having a conversation the other day. We were going over this message. And he asked me, hey, what stands out to you in this line? Well done, good and faithful servant. And I said, well, the word faithful really stands out to me because the whole context of this passage is about faithfulness, right? But then he pointed something out to me. Who was faithful? It says the servant was faithful. The servant was faithful. So to serve and to be a servant means to be open-handed, right? In the end, it's made clear here that... um, The servants didn't actually own any of the talents. They all belonged to the master, right? So they had to be willing to hold what they had with an open hand. And in the end, bring it back to the master, hopefully multiplied, right? So the servants were called to be stewards. And good stewardship always comes with blessing. It says right in verse 29, For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Again, it doesn't sound fair. But like I said, it's not about fairness. It's about faithfulness. I want to say this. Accountability is rewarded with abundance. If God has entrusted us with something, we know that it is our responsibility to be good stewards and to present whatever it is that he gave us back to him better than we received it. It means working on and utilizing the gifts and the abilities that he gave us. It means taking care of our families and teaching our children to walk in the favor of God. It means cherishing and loving our spouses. But it also means sowing into the kingdom and giving to God the first fruits of our finances. He promises to bless the cheerful giver, and he promises in his word to open the floodgates of heaven over us when we give to him first. It's interesting that the servant who buried his talent is actually challenged with the question, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Then I would have received it all back with interest when I returned. In the Aramaic, and I studied this a little bit this week, in the Aramaic, it actually can be translated this way. Why didn't you throw my money into the offering? At the very least, why didn't you throw it into the offering? So it's implied here that money given in sacred offering 
to God will be returned with even more by God's generosity. So I want to leave you with three things to think about this week. Three questions. How will I be faithful with my time? How will I be faithful with my talent? And how will I be faithful with my tithe? Why don't you stand? Every week here at College Street, we like to give you an opportunity for salvation. I want to share a little story. And I just want you to know that if there's someone in the room today, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what age you are. It's never too late to start a relationship with Jesus. My dad was 60 years old when he decided to give his heart to Jesus. Ooh, gets me choked up. He worked his whole life. He worked, he worked, and worked, and he accumulated what some would say physically a lot of wealth, land, and he was miserable. He was depressed. He was never around. I loved my dad. I had great moments with my dad. But at the age of 60, he decided to change his life and commit his life to Jesus. And what ended up happening in that time was he actually had, for those of you that don't know, I was born in Mexico, and my dad farmed there for many, many years, and he still has land there. But what ended up happening is he decided to give up this little plot of land that he had farmed for years, and he decided to give that up so that they could build a church. I'm talking a Bible-preaching, gospel-preaching, evangelical church people. I didn't grow up with that. That was pretty rare there. So I'm just telling you, it's never too late to take what God has given you and turn it around and do something that's way bigger than you could ever imagine or dream. And today, this church is growing. Like last I heard, they had hundreds of people that are flocking to this church, and people are getting saved. And what we're doing here is happening there, all because one man decided, even in his older years, to give his life to Jesus and restart and actually do something with what God had given him. So I just want to let you know, it's never too late to make that decision and follow Jesus. So um, I wanted to read just a, a verse that's in Mark. It's Mark 8, verse 36, and it says this. What will it benefit you to gain the whole world and yet lose your own soul? Right? And it, it all has to start somewhere. And we have to be open and willing to go to the source with humility, that is Jesus, and say, hey, this is not mine. I'm a steward. I'm a servant. But it's all yours. And we have to be willing and open to have that relationship with him, whether that's starting at the age of five or at the age of 60. We all have to start somewhere. And to get there is so, so simple. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised his son from the dead, we will be saved. And that's what happened to my dad at the age of 60. My wife did pray that prayer at the age of five. Everyone has their own story. Everyone has a journey. But I want to give you that opportunity right here, right now, so that you can look back one day and say, I remember that Sunday morning at College Street when I prayed that prayer for the first time and I started a relationship with Jesus. Just to wrap that up, my dad has seen in, like I said, he worked and worked and worked. But in the last 10 years, he has been blessed above and beyond anything he ever could have hoped, imagined, or dreamed because of that decision to put Jesus first in his life, right? And so, like the scripture says, there is blessing that comes from that. So I want to 
give you that opportunity. Start a relationship with Jesus and watch your life change. Watch your life change as you start putting him first in your finances, in your fitness, in your family, in your fun, everything. He is Lord over everything. So I just want you to repeat this after me right now. Everyone, just say this together. Say, dear Jesus, I admit that I've messed up. I admit that I've tried doing it on my own. But I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are active and alive today. Today I commit my life to you. Today I make you Lord and Savior over everything in my life. Today is a new start and a new day with you. In Jesus' name. Why don't you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed? If that was you and you prayed that for the first time, or if if that was you and you, you said, hey, today I'm making a commitment to come back to Jesus, just give me a thumbs up. We'd love to celebrate with you. Thank you. Thank you. We want to celebrate with you as a family. We would love to pray with you and celebrate, but why don't you guys give it up? Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the family. Come on, guys. Let's give them some praise. Oh, wow. It ain't over. Turn to at least one person and say, it ain't over. God just getting started. Um, I'm actually going to ask the band to do me a favor and lift the lid on the stage. You see, at College Street, we believe just like in the message that we received today, that God didn't just give us stuff or people to manage. We weren't called to just manage. We were called to multiply. Okay, and we were commissioned in the Great Commission to go into all the world, baptizing, making disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So every week, we fill this tank out of faith because we just do it out of obedience. We get out of the way so that God can step in with you. And if that's you here today, and maybe you've been, you know, you've been hearing me talk about it lots, maybe you're hearing about it for the first time. I'll explain it to you. You see, we are commissioned. It's not a great suggestion. And in our walk with Jesus as followers and disciples of Jesus, that we are to be baptized. And the word baptism in the Greek means to be immersed. And it says in Romans that when we are baptized, we are actually baptized with Christ. When we go under the water, it represents when he went to the grave. When we come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection. It says we are resurrected with Christ. It's the most powerful, one of the most powerful, beautiful things that you'll ever witness. And if that's you today and you want to step in and leave something behind, and step out with Jesus today. Just come forward. We've got clothes. We've got towels. You don't need an excuse. Like, like I like to say to you guys, we don't need reasons. There's only one reason. His name is Jesus. And he's waiting for you to experience your results. <laughs> Would you step forward today? So I just want to press in and worship God. And let's celebrate what God is doing and about to do in this place. By his grace. Come on now. 
Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.